she stopped denying herself some of these things. And I think similarly, when you think about, you know, your lifestyle as business owner, right? Like if it's like, if you're not enjoying it, what tweaks can you make to make it something that you truly enjoy? And like, what are you putting off that like you should just do right now? Mm-hmm. We put things off because we're so afraid to change our businesses because yes. they might be working, but like, it's okay. It's okay. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the ball of wondrous energy known as Liz Teresa. Liz Teresa helps entrepreneurs find clarity and market themselves online with confidence. She's been in business for more than a decade, creating powerful, high-converting websites, memorable brands, and coaching business owners on how they can become more visible online. She wants every entrepreneur to rise and be the star of their own business because, let's face it, a big break isn't something you wait for. It's something you make. Be sure to listen to Liz on Biz, her Forbes acclaimed podcast, every Monday for fresh, inspiring, often hilarious stories of running a business. Liz Teresa, I am freaking stoked to have you here. And I have a question for you. And that question is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? One of my biggest things that I like to make everybody do is reconnect to why you actually started the business. Because I think too often small business owners hate their job when they hired themselves. And so if you reconnect to your mission, I think it's a nice way to remember it's your fault if you hate it. And then if you reconnect, you're like, oh, I actually got in this for you know, to get a manicure on a Tuesday or like, oh, I started my own business too. And so whatever the answer to that question is, it doesn't have to be to save whales, but it should be like, it's nice. Like it helps you get re-jazzed. And it probably also shouldn't be to harm whales. No, definitely don't save them, but don't poach. Poach? Do they poach? Leave the whales alone. Yes. Don't like spear them. Harpoon. That's bad. Don't harpoon harpooning whales. And the people out there are like, what on earth are they talking about? No, (laughs) what we're talking about is that why. And I think it's so key because one of the things you brought up is like you hate your job and you hire yourself and you become your own worst boss. Right. And that happens all the time. And and one of the things I used to say in the earlier iterations of my business is living the dream shouldn't feel like a nightmare. But a lot of the time it really freaking does. Right. Like we are promised laptops on beaches. We are promised instant influencer status. We are saddled with small business taxes and weird payment processor issues. And, you know, the constant need to show up and be on video. So, like, it's not always a freaking dream. But at the same point, if you're starting to lose that love and feeling, like you said, that's on you. Oh, love is work. Love is love is a verb. 
Yes. You know, love to love in anything that you do, love loving your husband or your partner or whatever that requires actions and commitment because and sparks need to be lit. I have a client and she's a intimacy coach. And one of my favorite things we wrote was that sparks are something that you light. Sparks are not something that just go out. Yeah. You light those. Yeah. They so don't like spontaneously occur either. Right. Yeah. No like, spontaneous human combustion here, guys. No. SHC, no. what, what? <laughs> but I, that's what the episode is going to be called now. It's going to be like on love, spontaneous human combustion. And it's a terrifying concept. It freaked me out when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But, you know, we don't have to worry about that most of the time. Yeah. This is turning into an episode of the Well, the whales can't combust because they're in water. So they're safe from that. That's true. We are all about the whales. I feel like we need to have like a whale charity attached to this episode. A whaleity. A whaleity. There we go. There you go. We heard it here first. Liz and I are starting a new charity for whales called the whaleity. The whaleity project. This made me so happy. (laughs) But you know, the why, the why is so crucial. I mean, I teach sales and you teach people how to position and express themselves well. At the core of both of those things is that why. If you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, no one else can provide that for you. It's true. And in fact, I was once taught by a coach of mine that you should always keep your why list in your phone. And she called it a why list in like your notes app. And just like always like when you think of a reason why like you like being an entrepreneur running your own business, you could just add it to the list. And it can be like the trivial things and then it can be the big things, you know? Oh, absolutely. Work with and- there's so many good good nuggets in the why list. Well, there's so many obnoxious parts, small yes. and big, like you said, like the minute and the grand. And so absolutely the why list should also be, I want to be able to take a nap with my dog after stressful calls. And also something huge, like I never, ever want to work in software again, right? So it is all really relative but also it comes in all forms like I think sometimes people get stuck and I'd love your opinion on this as a Mm. copy queen like I think sometimes between why statements and elevator pitches and everything we feel this pressure to take something as complex as our why and put it in 10 words or less Mm. you mean because of the character limits or just because that's what everybody tells you to do I think both. Yeah. I think I think we are a very conscious of character limit because mm-hmm. we need to be also, right? And and that's great. We don't need to be verbose on the internet. People don't have that much of an attention span, but also at the same point, I feel like somewhere along the way somebody said your elevator pitch has to be 28 seconds and 28 seconds exactly and shouldn't be more than 300 characters and da 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 da, da. and what went down the pipeline instead though how that was translated through that game of telephone of internet marketing it's like you need to be able to articulate your why in a moment that's a bad game yeah it's much more complex than that like you said like (laughs) and and not all of your whys need to be benevolent right like back on the whales like all of your whys 
you should have something that matters, like how whales matter, right? Mm -hmm. But also at the same point, if your why is, I don't want my kid to have to walk to a Chicago school alone, that's pretty damn significant. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I, and I think that when you going back to the 28 second, you know, idea where everybody's like, hurry up and tell me why you matter. And you're like, ah, right. I think that like, that is a lot of pressure and people have to remember that like really concise and strong copy. So short copy that really is quite powerful. That comes from long, messy, gross writing. Oh yes. You have to have hideous, disgusting, snotty writing with mucus in it. Yes, with yeah. lots of mucus in it, a uh, hundred million percent. And I think that, I think that even goes beyond copy. I think you got to have a really gross, nebulous, nasty, tangled strategy or goal or something that you can pick apart to find the essence of it. But we shoehorn ourselves if we start too limited or if we aim for perfection too fast. Yeah. And I think that's like the worst thing you can do. It's like you clip your wings before you actually fly or do anything. Yeah. You think you have to know the answers to every single question. And that's just not, it's just not true. And like, sometimes you need to do things. You have to, you have to work with horrible clients to know that that person is horrible sometimes. Yes. That's They still find their way in sometimes it happens. Yeah. They're sneaky. clients are sneaky, right? And one of the things that I've been really grateful to do over the last few years is I've gotten very discerning about certain types of clients, Mm. red flags that I'm like, "Mm." but still they get in there sneaky. They get in, well, because sometimes you'll be like, maybe this time it's different. Like somewhere deep inside. Right. Oh my (laughs) God. No. You know what I love? I have a quote about red flags that's really good. Yeah. It's from Bojack. Remember the show Bojack Horseman? Yes. Okay. So it's really, it's good though. Stay with me. So like the girl in the show, she, and she says, when you're wearing rose colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. And I think sometimes it's almost like, yeah, right. Whoa. Yeah. I tell, I love that quote because it's so telling about how your perspective can, you can decide it doesn't matter because if you don't see it, you don't see it. No, you, you love them or like them a lot. Right. Or you don't want to reject them because you're afraid of them rejecting you or, you know, you need some financial oxygen that month. There's all of these reasons why people creep on in, but it's always kind of treacherous when they do. But yeah, I think, I think knowing what you stand for and what you stand against, I think knowing that it's all a freaking process i i i totally a billion percent agree that beautiful concise power punch copy is the absolute direct product of a hot mess and Mm. but we don't show the hot mess we don't show the behind the scenes right and i think part of what drives me nuts about entrepreneurship and sort of specifically solopreneurship in this vein is that so much of it is advertised as instantaneous and easy that people feel like if they have to write their messy first draft or their messy 15th draft, that somehow that means that they're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. Just nobody's talking about that messiness. Mm, No one talks about it. And it's all Instagram 
And I like Instagram too, but like it's entirely filters. Everything is filtered that the, not just the way people look, but the types of things people share and say, like you're getting at. Yes. Yes. It's, it's wild. And then also we have, we have this like series of very famous books that people don't actually read. They just assume that what the book says because of the title. And the one that I think about all the time is, um, Tim Ferriss's four hour. I was just going to say that because I'm a person who's guilty of thinking I know what the book's about and I never read it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. I'm yeah. that person. So the funny Did thing you about, read it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I read it because I thought it was going to make me really angry because I thought it was really about like only having to work four hours a week. Yeah. And and I had people in that kind of cult of easy that I was talking about being like, why am I working 60 hours? I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm like, why aren't you working 80? Like, that's amazing. Good for you. How do we keep that going down? But like, <laughs> right? Four seems yeah. really far off. But when you actually read the book, it's about how to, it's basically a book about essentialism and productivity, right? It's about how to work smarter in less time. It's not about how to slack off the other 56 hours or whatever you're working of a week, right? So that's the other thing is like the $100 startup is another one. People were like, well, this is supposed to be cheap. And it's like, right? But but we have all these assumptions of so-and-so is just a better writer than me because it just falls out of them. Well, even when I'm on a call and people are saying to me, how did you write that so fast? It just fell out of you. Number one, I've been doing this for 11 freaking years. And number two, I put a verb in between two amazing sentences that fell out of your mouth that you yeah. didn't realize you were saying. Like, I just fed that back to you. And that's one of my favorite things about working with people on copy is when you give something back to them and they're like, how did you ever come up with this? And I'm like, you said this, you said that, you said this. But similar to when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, you can't see red flags because they just look like flags. When you are so entrenched in your own business you don't, especially if you're also entrenched in the idea that you're not a good writer or not a good enough writer or not interesting enough to hire a copywriter, you don't know the brilliance that's just sitting there on the surface. You can't see it. That is so, I always say you're with you too much to actually know know yourself the way somebody else does. Yes. Tell me more about that. I love that. I'm like, well, because you don't see your own specialness because you're you, you're with you all the time. You kind of suck. I mean, with yourself, you know what I mean? Like, cause like when I, so when I came on today to meet you, you made me feel so special and like, and I'm like, but I'm just, I'm just Liz. It's fine. You're not just Liz. You're the Liz of Liz on Biz. I'm the Liz of Liz on Biz. That's why every morning I wake up, I look in the mirror, I smack myself and I'm like, you're Liz on Biz, damn it. You're Liz on Biz. You are a <laughs> brand, damn it. Now you perform. <laughs> Dance. Dance. <laughs> I just reached, awesome. I just tried to reach through my screen to like touch you and I couldn't do it. I know. I'm so aggressively affectionate, but no, but like, that is what it is. It's like, you're with you all the time. And so. Um, something that I say to one of my friends, my friend, Ashley, like she's having a bad day. I'll be like, oh, cause we can drop an F bomb. Right. Oh yes. yeah. So like, so I'll be like, you're Ashley fucking Mason. 
first time was Ashley Mason. You're Ashley fucking Mason. You don't take shit from anybody. And then like we then we like like if we're on Zoom, we flip tables together because we'd be like, ah, like wipe off a tick, like you know what I mean? Just to be like all WWE. We're gonna like go like break some <laughs> chairs, right? And like, so it's just a way to get hyped. <laughs> so maybe people need maybe actually, I mean, this kind of goes back to the the feeling special and excited about your business. Maybe people need to say that more in the mirror. Like, not like actually, you don't have to comically like be as fun, but like you should say I'm Liz Mother Effin Teresa, but like in your voice. Right, with your name. Did you ever see that YouTube video? I'm sure you did because everybody in the world did of that. It's a dad and his daughter and they're in the mirror and she's doing her morning routines and he's feeding it to her. And so he's like, you are powerful. And she's like pointing in the mirror. She's like standing on the stick and she's like, I am powerful. And he's like, you are kind. And she's like, I am kind. And it's the best thing. Like, I think that it's amazing to wake up and be like, damn it, I am special. Well, when I was a kid, um, I remember I was in the science fair, like, cause you had to be in the science fair. And my invention was called the self-esteem machine. And what it was, is it was, it was a shoebox that had a mirror that flipped up and then it was like hit play. And then you'd hit play and it would just compliment you. Like, you look amazing. You're so pretty. <laughs> like, and like, just, you're wonderful. I think you're great. And like, she was like, the, t- the teacher was like, that's not science, but it's awesome. And so she like, let me enter it. Cause she's like, this isn't science, but she just thought it was so great. So she did it. She went I'd be like, psychology is a science lady. Oh, damn. That Liz, if we could just go back in time and tell that Liz, she'd be like, yeah. She'd be like, yes, I'm thinking outside the shoebox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got so many. But, you know, I, I think that if you can't be, what did you say? Aggressively um, affectionate? Yeah. If you don't want to be or can't be aggressively affectionate with others, then be aggressively affectionate with yourself and your why. Oh, I love that. Right? Like you only get one opportunity to spend this time building this dream. And so many people are like, am I building the right dream? Am I building the right thing? Who knows? We'll figure it out. But if you can't wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to freaking help people today. I'm going to show up as myself today. I'm going to open my big, fat, beautiful mouth and change somebody's mind today, then no one else is going to hype man you to that degree. Right? So true. Well, you have to drink your own Kool-Aid, right? Like you have to yep. be your own, be totally in it with yourself. And I think it's also sort of like, I mean, my mom had a really serious health battle in May of this year and she lived, right? Yay! She, yeah. Oh my God. Yay. Big. Yay. And like, but like we almost lost her. Mm. And so it's like after that coming now she's like recovering, right. And she's home and whatever. And she's still recovering. It's August, right. So this gives you a sense. It was so bad. And so one of the things about it is like, she stopped buying store brand things for example like yeah. like of a certain cheese that she really like likes pub cheese to dip chips in or yeah. whatever so she'll like buy like the good cheese or like the eight dollar ice cream even though she, now she's like I don't know if I should be buying eight dollar ice cream but like she wasn't she stopped denying herself some of these things and I think similarly when you think about 
you know, your lifestyle as business owner, right? Like if it's like, if you're not enjoying it, what tweaks can you make to make it something that you truly enjoy? And like, what are you putting off that like you should just do right now? Mm-hmm. We put things off because we're so afraid to change our businesses because yes. they might be working, but like, it's okay. It's okay. That's another thing about copy, but also about strategy, about all of it is I think so much perfectionism is born based on the fallacy that your business cannot change. Your logo has to be perfect because it never can change. Your tagline has to be perfect because it never can change. You're only going to write one book, so it better be the book. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're not tattooing these things. You're not carving them into marble. Like, we're not all on Oprah tomorrow (laughs) for one minute, and we have to deliver our perfect one minute on Oprah. We have time to evolve, and the internet also makes that super easy. It's important to remember that you get many minutes, that stories on Instagram last only 24 hours. I mean, like, these things... So much in life. That's what like all the whole thing with like Buddhist philosophy. Everything is temporary. I'm not yes. a Buddhist, but like that's what they really think. And like people that meditate, like if you ever learn about meditation and stuff, it's like all they teach is like everything is temporary. And I have a hard time getting on board with that because I'm I'm a Klingon. I love everything and I hold on to it really tight. <laughs> it's just my nature. But it's like if you think about it that way, it's so much less scary mm-hmm. to do the things that you're talking about to be imperfect. As long as you are present, you are perfect, in my opinion. Well, and imperfect is powerful because it's real. Yeah. I'd rather be that. I'd rather be real than glossy. And there was a lot of time in my life where I wanted to be glossy. But I also think that our um, cultural prioritization of glossy things have changed. Like, if you look at how the number one most name drop person on the planet Tony freaking Robbins, if you look at how he used to show up to how he shows up now, there's this really distinct change of like, he used to show up in Armani suits. And he now, did? yes. And yeah, now I see that they're big suits because he's pretty tall. Right. But like he used to show up. I don't know if they're actually <laughs> yeah. Armani, but like he used to show right. up as this like millionaire maker, high powered with the briefcase, all these things. And now Tony Robbins is in T-shirts. He's still on the same arena platform, but he's in a shirt and jeans like everybody else in the room. And and I think that's part of the fact that even the glossiest people are now trying to show their humanity because the pedestal is less attractive to us than before. That being said, your story about your mom reminded me of something. What's your mom's first name? Donna. Get well soon, Donna. We love you. Um, One thing that occurred to me, though, is why are we so shy about the fact that we are the $8 ice cream? You mean like, why are we shy about being successful enough to buy the $8 ice cream or buying it in general? We are the $8 ice cream. Oh. We are. And it's not even necessarily about pricing. I mean, I spend all day, every day talking to people about pricing, about, well, you know, what is it worth and how do you put a price on something that's a gift and blah, 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 blah. And it's all super important. But like so many people I know want to be or think that they are the bargain basement freezer burned 99 cent special ice cream. When really their brains are the boutique designer 
in the specialty case ice cream, but they don't want to own that specialness. Why do you think that we, or, or do you agree yeah. that we tend to turn down the dial on what makes us worthy? I think it's part of that specialness problem of being you all the time. So you don't know you're special. I think that's one side of it. And especially for solopreneurs, it's worse because you're alone a lot and you really don't have the same perspective as somebody that has a team or a coach or somebody that's like backing them up. Yeah. So that's one part of it. I think secondly, I get frustrated and, but I, this is what old Liz used to be like. So like I can relate to it, but like, I think sometimes people don't realize that they'll say, oh, I'm running a small business, but like, you should be saying I'm running a company. Mm -hmm. And like, when you start talking about yourself differently, like in realizing I'm not just a person, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a CEO yes. of this company. And yes. if you start treating yourself like a CEO, what does CEO Liz do? Scrappy bootstrappy boss Liz, she might go to like the 99 cent store. Yeah. And buy like a couple things and CEO Liz might do this too, actually, but like CEO Liz will, she'll get a facial. She'll like get her roots done. She'll get new highlights. She'll do all these, you know, whatever it looks like for the CEO, you, what does CEO you do that you're not doing right now? And how are you blocking yourself? Yeah. Like you're a lot of times people be like, well, CEO me wants this and this, but I can't have it. And I'm like, is it can't, or is it won't, is it right. won't give yourself that whatever it is? I love that. I love that. I've stopped referring to myself as a small business owner and now just refer to myself as a business. Mm -hmm. I've taken the word owner out. I've taken the word small out. And, and my version of the brilliance that you just dropped is there are times where I encounter resistance in my business. Imagine that resistance <laughs> happens. It's not all freaking laptops on beaches, but in those moments where, you know, I have to send a, hey, your payment didn't go through email. Or in those moments where I'm doing a partnership with somebody and they're not lifting up their end of the bag or whatever it may be girl annie person annie wants to write down and go hey boo i hope that you're okay i'm really worried about da 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 da, da. and some of that is fine but a lot of the time when i sit down especially to write challenging emails i go hey you're a business write this email as a business yeah and it turns down it turns up the dial on my boundaries and it turns down the volume on me trying to be overly accommodating. And that's really, really important because I can still write that from a place of Annie. I can still be aggressively loving or whatever we talked about before, but I'm going to be aggressively loving as a business and say, hey, by the way, you have two weeks to get this payment into me. Yes. And I think, and I, you know, it's funny. I have an email that's difficult that I need to write. And so my, my OBM is going to help me write it. Cause it's like one of those things. And, and it's like my version, of the, I wrote my version first because sometimes you need to write an email 60 times before oh, it's yeah. right. And so my version's like, Oh, like, you know, Liz, Liz, love, la, 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 la. But like, I need like to draw up with, with this particular relationship. They like, haven't, they were a coaching client. Um, things got awkward. That's a longer podcast. Things got very awkward. They want to make up this last session. They've missed three times now uh -uh. making it up. 
And I'm like, I am, I have a baby. I have a business. I have parents that, you know, need me. Like, I just like, I don't have time for that level of, I don't give an F. Yeah. So don't waste my time. Well, and that's the thing. And also there's other reasons why I'm mad, but like, this is what I'm using as my hill to die on. Well, that's good because I'm all, I'm all love and light until someone disrespects me. Yeah. Because yeah. I am freaking respect care bear, or at least I try to be. I'm sure I inadvertently disrespect people more often than I could possibly ever realize. But you can't run a non-sleazy sales academy and not be finely tuned in the art of respect. And for me, I think respect should be the minimum. And when your client is missing a makeup three times, that yeah. shows me that either one of two things is happening, either a serious issue where they need to self-advocate and say, hey, I need three months. Does that work for you? Or they're just blowing you off, which shows a glaring lack of respect. And so that's one of those situations where I'm like, I'm being disrespected. Time to show up as a business. Because I got to turn down emotion. I can't go into that and go, you're blowing me off and it makes me feel really nasty. Okay, they're not my therapist. Because who cares also? Right. I mean, I mean, I care. I validate that. Whatever. But, but in the email, (laughs) in the email, you're not going to bear your soul. You're going to say, listen, you're in violation of the contract that you signed. And this goes against policy. And I, you know, I hate cracking the business whip, but this is unacceptable and we need to fix it or we need to part ways. Like that's it. There it is. Yeah. 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 No, thank you. And I, and I have been. I think as, cause I'm not, I'm not perfect. Trust me. <laughs> no one is. I think you're perfect, right? Liz. Oh, same Z's. But I, I think it's like, that's something that will be hard at first. And then as you retrain your brain to say, I am a business, right. Yes. That becomes easier over time. Like that, those hard emails become, they do become a little bit easier. Well, and every time you send them and they go just fine in receipt or every time you handle a customer service situation that's challenging it's a muscle we grow we get better at it right it becomes more natural to us because we are putting in the time the energy the brain power and the heart to do things right and to just keep doing them so yes (sighs) all right so We're talking about showing up as businesses, but I'm so excited because on this episode, we have gotten to become friends. Same. I know. I love you awful. I love you awful. This is so lovely. And it's such an easy transition because you have also come here today, my newest, most wonderful friend, uh, to talk about a group of very famous friends. I'm talking, of course, about friends. Liz, what the hell? Does any of this showing up as a business, copy, finding your why, asserting yourself, setting boundaries, having nightmare clients, what does any of that have to do with friends? I feel like business is relationships. I think that that's the, to me, I'm like, that's the glaring catch-all, right? In in both, in both um, things. And it's a really great way to use friends as like a metaphor, right? For how, how, I mean, I even think about how they treat each other and I kind of wish that people, you know, in business, you know, like even with the challenging customers 
to treat your customers and clients that way too. You yes. Know? It's, yes. Like, it's based on love. It's based on respect that they all had their own boundaries. Those things all still existed, but it's all about that whole show was about relationships. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's my entire business has been um, growing because of relationships too. Oh yeah. My, my business is entirely about relationships and relies on relationships a hundred percent. And it's also not just one-to-one, right? It's one-to-many. It's one-to-group. It's making sure that nobody is neglected. It's making sure every character gets equal screen time. Yeah. Tell that's yeah. Yeah. They actually, cause they were one of the only shows I really feel was a true ensemble. Yeah. I mean, they really were like, I, there's not many shows that were like, like that, that way. Yeah. I mean, now you see more with like the parks and rec and the good place and the community shows mm-hmm. where they're, or, and I guess it's like in the office model of the kind of Christopher guest documentary shows where they're like, well, we have to interview everybody. But right. even so that was like, there are bit characters and main characters with friends. It's like, no, there are six of them. Yes. And that's all about them and how they get along and how they don't and whatever. And how they yeah. don't. Yeah. That's so key because we're always looking for synergy in small business and synergy is important, but you also have to understand what makes Chandler Chandler and not Joey mm-hmm. and what makes Joey Joey and not Ross. Right. And so that distinction may not be your favorite thing, may not be your favorite aspect of yourself. Yeah. Something about your business may not be the glossiest or shiniest in the way you want it to be. It's still a differentiator that you can lean into. Not that you can't improve, not that you can't change, but like if you're a Phoebe, be a freaking Phoebe. Oh, yeah. I love and everybody loves Phoebe. I mean, she's so likable. And I even yes. think something that you were really pointing out, like, I mean, just think about the word ensemble. Like if you think about the word ensemble cast, you can think about, I mean, managing and leading your team. Yes. That way too, that everyone matters, that everyone is important, that no matter where you're coming from, do you know what I mean? It all matters. The VA to you, the business owner, to the graphic designer, whatever, whoever's there, everyone, everyone has a voice in that voice. I try to make my team all feel like, I mean, I bought them all t-shirts. They're over there. Yeah. And I'm going to send them out. And everybody got to pick their size and style. So this is one of mine because I bought two for myself. Listen over here. Oh, my God. I love websites. I do love websites. I also love websites. That's fantastic. So we designed this that my lead designer designed it. And so she gets obviously she gets one and then we all get one. Um, and then I gave some to some of my friends that also own companies that I just really like them. And so then That's they, they're gorgeous, though. But it's fun. Because it's inclusion and it's lending to a joint narrative, right? And so mm. that's one of the other things about working with a copywriter or working on your copy is that it really is a collaborative process, right? You're sharing their crafting. It all comes together. But I just... I love all of that. I love all of that because it's so true. And another show that I know that you super love, and we're talking about Friends, and I'll come back to Friends, but I'm just now thinking about your team. And and I know because of our uh, pre-little chat forum thingy um, that you also love one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, which is Frasier. And with your team, 
right? There's an ensemble show, true ensemble, like Friends, where it's like six people of equal size, right? But then there are situations more like Frasier, where like Frasier is all around Frasier, but you yes. can't have Frasier without Martin and Niles and Roz and Daphne and everybody else that is in his world because they make Frasier Frasier. And that's like your team, right? Like yeah. without that interaction, there is no show. The funny okay. thing about Frasier too, like if you thought about him as a business owner, I also use Frasier as a verb. Like you can over Frasier things. Like if yes. you over, cause Frasier was an overthinker. Like he yes. would overthink and scrutinize and belabor and it would get him into all kinds of hijinks. And I kind of think it's similar that like when business owners get like so caught up in the minutia and the details and details that might not even be game-changingly important, yes. but they'll hang on everything. Or like if you get an email and it triggers the heck out of you and then you go back and read it two hours later and you're like, oh my God, like that's not what they meant. And then you right. feel like the biggest, you that's missed, why you like, don't reply right away. Word. Oh yeah. And right. You, you read like, you this, is, yourself. this is a big deal. And you're like, yes. oh my God, it's a big deal. And then you go back and you're like, the sentence specifically says, this is not a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, and oh, so that's what it is. And then you kick yourself for having the big Frasier fit. Which of the friends, friends mm. of the characters, which of them do you think has the most uh, entrepreneurial chops? I would say, ooh, I'm just thinking it through. I was kind of, I think Monica. Yeah, I could see that with the catering and everything. But too, she'd but... also be really painful. I mean, as a client for me, like if she were my client, I'd want to die. But I also think that she, that she would be successful because she knows what she wants. Right. She's driven. You know? She's focused. But I agree. Kind of a nightmare client. Yeah. Like she'd be like, if you could mix Monica and Rachel and Phoebe into one cocktail, it would be great because they'd be creative, but flexible like a Rachel, but like organizationally intelligent like a Monica. So like together, yes. they'd be the perfect friend. Together, they'd be a great client individually. Yeah. I think all six of them would kind of be a nightmare client. Yeah. Phoebe just wouldn't reply. Phoebe would flake. Right. Phoebe would be the kind of client that you get that's like so totally all about it. And then you never hear from them again. And you're like, what did you pay me for? She'd like, be like, oh, oh, I love it. And then gone. Chandler would second guess everything. Everything. Joey would not be. He able might to be easy. I feel like Joey wouldn't be necessarily coachable, though. No, he wouldn't be coachable, but like you could sell him a website and it'd be over pretty quickly. Yes. He'd be like, good enough. Cause he's a sufficer. He'd be like, yeah. yes, that is good. Yeah. But I feel like if you were like, hey, listen, I need you to show up differently and show up like a business, he'd be like, I am a business. We'd be like, no, you're not. It's okay. You'd be like, you're a sandwich. Yeah. Ross is too <laughs> anal. Oh, no. Painful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Smelly Cat would be a good client because Smelly Cat knows who they are. Yeah. God. Facts. But you're right. When you combine them all together, that's again like having a team, like managing a mm. team. You take the strengths of each person, you take the flavor of each asset, and you bring it together and you make it something new. And and it all has to do with the attention you pay to it and how you prioritize it. Totally. I love it. A friend's cocktail. A friend's cocktail. I freaking adore it. Two more questions for you before I unleash you into the great beyond. First question is, 
Do you have your own version of the Central Perk? Do you even drink coffee? What is your favorite spot to go when you need to recharge? Oh, you got a Dunkin' Cup right there. I have it right here. And in fact, I've only drank half of it. So I'm going to zap it after and have, I don't mind zapping coffee. I don't either. Um, I'm a Dunkin' drinker. My favorite coffee though is actually Mary Lou's, which is like a regional brand up here in New England. And, yeah. um, and I love getting a mocha cold brew and then they do sweet foam. Ooh. Their sweet foam. They offered it to me once and I was kind of scared, like scared. And I didn't know if I'd like it because I'm really picky, but like it is. Whoa. It's heavenly. Whoa. It's, yeah. whoa. it's pure. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, I got to try it when next time in New England, which I think is in like two weeks. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. So I'll hunt it down. And my other question, and I know the answers to these things that I want to make sure that we mention all of them because you are just this ever loving font of brilliance. What is the best way for our listeners to learn from you, to start a conversation with you, to connect with you? Oh, I love this. Good question. Liz on Biz podcast, streaming wherever you get your podcast. Um, also Liz Teresa on Instagram, or you can just go go to my website and stalk me and haunt me. And I'd love to hear from you. And tell them about your free course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I have a free copywriting class. It is rad. Seven minutes in heaven. Learning about copy. It's at freecopyvideo.com. You guys will love it because I have no attention span. That's why it's so short, but it's so good. It's only what you need to know. I'm all about that essentials. Oh, listen, my new and fast friend, you yourself are pure woe. Uh, you are my sweet cream. You are my inspiration. I like that. Um, yes, you are my sweet cream, baby. <laughs> Uh, but it has been an absolute pleasure becoming your friend and talking about friends with you. Everybody, personal endorsement. Go check out Liz on Biz. It is a phenomenal podcast that only delivers excellent content. Make sure you hop over there. I'm excited to swap interview chairs soon with Liz, so I'll be over there. Liz, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, I'm so glad you had me. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thoughts and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. I get by with a little help from my friends. It's more than just a pretty lyric to sing. For my business, it's 100% truth. Most of us meet approximately one bajillion people a week, and my definition of meat is loose here, loosey-goosey at best. Maybe you connected on Instagram or LinkedIn, perhaps you even exchanged a few DMs or an email, maybe you shouted your elevator pitch at them at a time networking event. Maybe, if you're really lucky, someone was referred to you by a peer or a former client who deeply knows the value of your work. In any case, among the sea of connections and networking and coffee chats, there are people that just instantly stand out. People that you know you'd be fast friends with forever if you could just make enough room in your head for them because they're already in your heart, as if by magic. Liz was certainly one of those instant connections for me, and I met her through another instant connection, Anne. 
Due to the magic of podcasting, I've been blessed beyond measure this year in terms of people entering my life, giving me a platform, blowing my mind, and or changing my mindset. But the moment I get busy, their faces begin to fade. My to-do lists favor productivity over camaraderie after all. But listen, y'all, this is dead wrong for someone with a business like mine, which is fueled by referrals, word of mouth, and who I know. This week, our homework, as I will absolutely be doing this myself, is to reach back out to people that you've met, that you felt immediate kinship with, and invite them to reconnect. Maybe you'll wind up having another Zoom coffee. Maybe you'll write a book together. Who knows? Who cares? But for this week, let's set the quantity game of mass visibility aside and focus on quality connection. If these people belong in your life, let's welcome them in, treat them right, and keep them close. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, Annie P. Ruggles. What if you never had to sell alone again? If you always felt safe and seen and supported in selling situations because you only had to show up as your best and also most ordinary self. You can profit just by being you without one gimmick, one inch of sleaze. To find out more about our membership, visit www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Too Legitimate to Quit is written and hosted by me, Annie Passanisi Ruggles. Our editor and producer is Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our incredible earworm of a theme tune was composed and performed by Riley Horbasio. Our beautiful show art is by Francois Vigneault. And my beautiful, wonderful, amazing creative director, Georgia Curran, handles my social media accounts with care. Listen, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your homework is going, what you think of the show, or what topics you'd love to see covered here. Feel free to reach out to me on any platform with messaging, but the best for me are LinkedIn, where you'll find me under my name, Annie P. Ruggles, or on Instagram, where you'll find me at Anniepreneur. And please don't forget to send this show to people that you think would benefit, or to drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps our show grow. Until next week, remember... You're too legit to quit.